with us today. And then uh, Sister Miriam appears no stranger to several of us. She, we know who she is. She knows us. We're glad she's visiting with us today. Amen. And uh, we're glad that uh, Shannon's here today. Clint's sister, glad to have her with us. And some of us know her well. Amen. But some of you have not met her yet. So we're thankful for all that are here. I don't think I'm missing any other visitors as of yet. Um, I did want to just mention briefly that uh, Brother, we had a miracle with Brother Mike last week. Continuing to to open doors for him to be set free. Amen. Amen. We're thankful for that, and uh, we're, we don't want to stop praying until he's all the way out. Amen. And uh, I'm glad for a praying church. And as excited as we are, I'm sure we're not as excited as he is. Amen. Because uh, when you're in the middle of the situation. Uh, you want to get out. <laughs> and so uh, we're thankful uh, for the prayers of the saints and for the favor of God. Just one of the miracles that happened on Tuesday, um, he was released, being released on the 21st of this week to a rehab facility. Still pending possible um, legal, legalities, so continue to pray the Lord will remove all of that. But um, the bail was about, I think it was 250000 was the bail. And, uh, of course, you have to come up with at least 10% of that to even be considered. And I don't have 25000 laying around. Uh, I don't think any of us do. But uh, the judge, despite the argument of the district attorney's office representative there, reduced it all the way down to zero. So that's awesome. Amen. So we're thankful for that miracle. Uh, the statutory minimum in that situation is $25,000. they are not supposed to go below 25000 under any conditions. But uh, the judge favor, ruled in favor of uh, dropping all together. So praise God for that. Amen? So God is good. And uh, thankful for favor, favor with God and with man. Amen. When we honor God, as Brother Mike is doing right now, when we honor God and turn toward him he moves amen and uh, as brother mike is is uh, would testify himself doesn't mean you never made a mistake doesn't mean you're not perfect but when you turn toward god he has a way of starting to just open doors in your life even though we're not worthy of it even though we don't deserve it he just does and so that's the god we're worshiping today and that's why we get a little excited because he's so good to us amen and he does miracles for us. Amen. Today I'm uh, thankful for uh, Associate Pastor Maurice is going to bring the word today. I'm thankful for the different men of God we have in our church. Uh, Brother Maurice has been with us since almost the very beginning. And uh, just shy of a couple weeks he wasn't with us. But uh, he's been so faithful. And uh, he's a man, I call him man of the spirit, man of the word. Because uh, he's always here for prayer. And he's always studying the word and those are two deadly combinations for the devil and uh, so we're thankful to have brother Maurice with us amen in our church amen God could have brother and sister uh, brother Maurice sister Norma anywhere in the world but thankfully we get to share in the kingdom of God with them right here in Beaverton amen amen so brother Maurice come and share the word with us today So grateful 
for a pastor such as Dallas Brock. And I don't say that to toot his horn, but I say it to toot God's horn. Because he's such a man of integrity. He's such a man of valor, a man of substance. And I just thank God for him. I thank God for his wife and for his family. Little Charity is an example to me. <laughs> she really is. She's an example to me. The way that girl praises God and worships God is an example to me. There's such a freedom in that. And I'm blessed to call him my brother and my friend. Um, there's something that God put in my heart, and it even started before I even met this man. It started with a man by the name of Tony Ian. And he first introduced me to the Holy Spirit. I love that man. And I pray, God, you bring him back home, Lord Jesus. But I remember a testimony he gave. And he said, Lord, if you're real, show me. Show me. And the Lord whispered to him two commands and a promise. Two commands and a promise. And it's taken out of the book of Acts. Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent! And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I just want to speak to you for a little bit from the title, Two Commands and a Promise. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you today. Lord God, I thank you today, Lord Jesus. I thank you for your spirit, Lord God. Yes. Thank you. Stir in our heart today, oh Jesus. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We need you today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. My God, my Redeemer. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord Jesus. So, as I've read Acts 2.38, We see here that the first commandment Peter gave on the day of Pentecost was repent. Repent. 
Now, it wasn't something that Peter simply suggested. It, was, it wasn't a suggestion. It was a proclamation. It, 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 was, it was, you need to repent. It's a need. If we look back to a few verses before that, Acts 14. Or excuse me, Acts 2.14, rather. First part of that verse, it says, Peter lifted up his voice. He lifted up his voice. He didn't say, repent. Every one of you. In the name of Jesus. Repent! Everyone said, repent. See, I don't think y'all saying it like y'all got some authority. <laughs> Repent! <laughs> I feel the spirit moving in this apostolic church today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Repent. Matthew 9.13 says, For I did not come... To call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That's all of us. The Bible says all have sinned. He didn't say some. He didn't say a few. He said all. All have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. God is not impressed by our looks. He's not impressed by our apostolic buns. He's not impressed by how well we dress, how well we speak. What God is looking for today is a few people. Hallelujah, Jesus. That would have a heart after Him. A heart after Him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Some examples of repentance in the Bible. Matthew. Excuse me, I just read that. 2 Corinthians. 710. Now my brother Manny up there, he's probably going to put the new or the King James Version, but I'm going to read out of the New American Standard Bible. For the sorrows, for the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret let me read that again I don't think y'all heard it for the sorrows that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret now let me put that in layman's terms for you 
You've been changed by the blood of the Lamb. You've been serving God. You've been doing the will of God. And you run into someone and says, hey, remember we used to club together. No, that's not me anymore. I don't regret not clubbing anymore. I got a new dance partner. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad you got a new dance partner today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, the second part of this is leading to the salvation. So if you don't regret your transformation, you don't regret your repentance, your reward is salvation. Amen. Salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. So you see an old girlfriend, old boyfriend that seems to be doing pretty well, pretty good for themselves. Man, why didn't I stay with them? Really? You know where they're going? If they're not getting saved, my grandmother used to say, hell, they will lift their eyes. Hell, they will lift their eyes. God forbid, but you only have two choices, heaven or hell. Heaven or hell. Hebrews. Hebrews. Chapter 12. Verses 1 and 2 out of the New American Standard Bible says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. And I'm going to stop right there for a moment. And I'm going to let that just marinate. I want it to marinate in your mind like like my mother marinated some baby back ribs yesterday at our barbecue. I want that to marinate, just stew for a minute, right? Because sin entangles us. That wasn't my word, that was the word of God. Our sin entangles us. John 7, 7 says, The enemy cometh not but for to steal kill and destroy but I come that you may have life 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 but not just life right more abundantly mas more right Abuelita back there, mas more abundantly. 
Right? Ephesians 4.20 says, says this. That we have abundant life. He wants to do exceedingly. Abundantly. Above all we could ask or think. Exceedingly. Abundantly. Above. God wants us to have life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Continuing on in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it then says, Let us run with endurance. Run with endurance. I don't know how many of you watch the Olympics or you, you know, are even into sports, but long distance runners. They don't go zero to 100, right? It's a steady race. Slow and steady gets the job done. Ever heard that phrase before? This race that we're running, it's slow and it's steady. But the ultimate goal... Is heaven. Heaven. That's where I want to be. Heaven. I always tell people, you know, because I'm kind of clumsy. And when I was younger, I didn't look where I was going. And sometimes just kind of walk out into the street. Didn't care if there was a car coming or not, right? And sometimes I still have those moments. Thirty-something years later, I still have those moments. I just kind of walk out. Sometimes it's a pole, even. <laughs> uh, but I always think, well, if I end up dead, I know where I'm going. If a car, can, if a car wants to hit me, go right ahead, because I'm going to heaven. Right? If I don't, then it's just going to be a lot of pain. <laughs> But I'm going to heaven. I'm assured of that. I am going to heaven. Hallelujah. Let us run the race with endurance. The race that is set before us. What does that mean? What does that mean? Brother Maurice, what does that mean? That's a long race. No. No. He's talking about whatever situation you, you're going through. Maybe you just lost a loved one. Maybe there's a situation in your life that you can't resolve. Run that race. Don't think about the other things around you. Keep it moving. Sister Tamla said, keep it moving, right? Brother Brock said, have tunnel vision. Somebody with tunnel vision, they ain't concerned about what's going on around them. There's something on the left side, something on the front side, something on, they are think they are straight ahead. 
They, they have a goal. They're looking straight ahead. And they're running that race till they get to the end of it and God gives them glory. Hallelujah! They're running that race. They're not concerned about the next situation. They're not concerned about the thing that's, that's coming after or the thing that's coming before. You speak to any single mother out there. The one thing they say is they're not concerned about anything else other than feeding their kids. Everything else can be let go. Those babies got to get fed. I got to feed my babies. I don't care if I don't eat. I got to feed my babies. God wants to feed you today. But you got to let them. He wants to feed your spirit today. But you got to let him. You have to open up your heart. And let him come in. Hallelujah, Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. The author and perfecter of faith. Now, when we think of that word perfect, perfecter, we think some high status, some, some, you know, no. Perfecter means maturity. God will mature your faith. The Bible says, faith the size, the grain of a mustard seed. Will move a mountain. If you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can tell that mountain, be God removed! Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to your name, God. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Sit down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to your name of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. 2 Corinthians 7.14 We should all know this by heart, right? Brother Brock has said it many a times in our church. Many a times. Now, we seem to think that repentance is just for the sinner, right? It's, it's for those people out there. It doesn't apply to us. It doesn't apply to me because I'm, you know, I'm popping my collar. I'm fresh and, I'm so fresh and so clean, right? You know? I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb and I can speak eloquently and... No. No, because just in case you thought it didn't apply to you, psych! Because God says here, 2 Corinthians, or excuse me, 2 Chronicles 7.14 
Now, first words are there is if my people. <laughs> Last time I checked, my kind of means ownership, right? This is my sweater. This is my shirt. I own it. So the Lord is saying, if my people, and just in case you didn't think he was talking to you, even more, he says, who are called by my name. <laughs> ha. I'm a Watkins, right? That's Mama Watkins over there. I'm called by Andre Watkins' name. Daddy Watkins. <laughs> but my people, <laughs> which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Right. Oh, that's a big one there, right? Big H. Yeah. Humble ourselves, right? right? So, walk worthy of your calling, right? <laughs> Above all else, God was a servant. Yeah. Above all else, would humble themselves. Pray. Oh, well, that, that's, you're asking too much now, Lord. Pray what? You mean the 15 minutes before church isn't good enough? I got it. I gotta do more? Uh, oh man! You asking too much. Seek his face. Wow. I don't know if if you know what it means to seek, but have some kids. Right? <laughs> Brother Brock and Sister Roxy will tell you very easily. They probably seek a lot. Where's my phone? Where's my tablet? Where, where's the dog? Right? <laughs> seek. You, you got to seek. You got to. Sometimes you got to look for God. Right? You got to seek his face. Now here's the. Here, here's the. Here's the heart hurt. Turn. From your wicked ways. Turn means to to do something, right? To <laughs> bow face. There we go. <laughs> Repent. See, now we're getting somewhere up in this church. <laughs> we got some lively people up in here today. Hallelujah. Okay. Turn. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. From our wicked ways. But there's something he promises us, right? Yes. Amen. Then, but only then. So after you clean your room, after you eat all what's on your plate, then you can have some dessert, right? See, we want we want dessert from God first, but it don't work that way. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> We want we want this from God and we want we want that from God and 
Lord, bless, bless this, and Lord, bless that. And, but what are we doing for God? What, what are we doing for God? He's, he's doing everything for us, but what are we doing for Him? Do we have a cantankerous spirit towards God? Or do we come to God humbly? Because that's what the word says. Humble ourselves. Pray, seek my face. Turn from your wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven will forgive their sins and heal their land. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Then he will do these things, the word says, right? Right. Amen. Matthew twelve thirty. Matthew twelve thirty says, He that is not with me. He that is not with me is against me. He's against me. And he that gathereth not with me. So there's some participation there. God's requiring some participation on our part, right? Come, come on, gather with me. Right. Who gathereth with me not will be scattered abroad. God forbid. Because the word says. If God is for us, then who can be against us? We like that though, right? We, we, we like that, but we don't, we don't like this part, right? If you're against me, if you're not with them, then you're against them. Hallelujah. 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 The second command, second command is baptism. 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 First, let's take a look at the true meaning of baptism from a biblical perspective. Without question, the best explanation is given to us in Romans 6. Romans 6. Romans 6. In order to get the context, let's begin with verse 1. Romans 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Or the King James Version says, God forbid. But certainly not. How shall we 
who die to sin live any longer in it? Or do you know that as many as you were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Right? That just as Christ was rose from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also should we walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, Certainly we should also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Baptism. Baptism. A few Sundays ago we had seven people baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of their sins. Even if you don't understand it, you know that it's a command. For you military people out there, sure you didn't agree with everything your commanding officer told you to do, right? You might not have understood it, you might not have wanted to do it, but guess what? You did it. Right? You did it. we find that baptism is full of significance. Baptism is is full of significance. Paul teaches us that the Christian is supposed to go through a similar experience to what Jesus went through in his death, burial, and resurrection. The difference is is that Jesus died physically and actually came back to life. We're to die to our sin, our self, our old ways and then rise the same chapter says. Then rise Again, to live a holy life through the power of Jesus. As Paul said in verses 6 through 13 of the same chapter, chapter 6, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. That the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we die with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has a dominion over him. Aren't you glad sin has no dominion over you? Aren't you glad sin has no dominion over you? Hallelujah. I love that brother sitting right there. I love him with all my heart. God has did a tremendous turnaround in his life. Tremendous turnaround in his life. He's sitting on the first pew in a suit and a tie. <laughs> Looking sharp. He's going to be up here next. <laughs> but he's an example of what God can do in your life when you submit to the change he will do. Man, hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. He lives. Death no longer has dominion over him for the death that he died he died to sin once for all but the life that he lives he lives to God so we once lived our life to death now we have a different commander right we have we're to live it to God we we're to ask him what we need to do, right? We're to submit our, 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 our every thought to him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy path. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves... To be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God. As being alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. In other words, baptism is an outward symbol of an inward change. And transformation that is supposed to take place beforehand. It's very important to emphasize the fact that this can only be accomplished through the power and strength of Jesus. It's not that we have to completely overcome sin before we can be baptized 
But we need to repair our past sins. <laughs> we just read that. Acts 2.38, right? And have our mind made up that we need to overcome sin as we will allow God to give us victory. Amen. Victory. In the same way that Jesus went down into the grave, we go down into the water of baptism, which represents our death to sin and the burial of our old life. So if you didn't know, now you know. Right? That's a song somewhere. If you don't know, now you know. So, that is what Baptism represents. It represents us dying to the old self and rising up alive to the new self, right? Man. And just so you know, I'm not making this up. Second Corinthians, excuse me, first Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That man's sitting right there. All things have passed away. Behold, all things, that's some. All things become new. Sin needs to die. Sin needs to die and pass away in our life. And Jesus will take its place. I don't know about you, but I like new things. I like new things. Who, who, who doesn't like new things? You know, men, we like to wear stuff till it wears out, right? I'm known for being holy. But it ain't because of my personality. It's because I wear shoes till the hole. And I can't wear them on a rainy day because I get puddles in them, but... But I can't wait for the day that I can go and get a new pair of shoes, right? They're all nice and comfortable and cushiony and you get that new shoe smell that hmm, man, let me tell you, that's then that wears off and then Right. Go on to the next the next thing, right? But we like new things. We want new things. Yeah. Oh, y'all, y'all, not, y'all don't know where I'm going here. <laughs> y'all, y'all don't, y'all, uh, nah. Yeah. We want new things. Yeah. We like new things. Right. So why wouldn't you want a new life? Right. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Why wouldn't you want a new life in Jesus? When someone can look at you and say, I like that man. You can probably go and apply for the CIA right now because God has changed them. Well, I might, might need a little bit more education, Kai, but uh, you know, God's got your back. But he's a new man. Nobody, nobody knows anything about the old Kai. They, they see the new Kai. The, the Kai washed in the blood of the lamb Kai. Right. 
The Kai that God has changed his heart, Kai. The Kai that when he's standing at this altar, he's, he's, he's got stammering tongues, Kai. That's the Kai that people see. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, help me today, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we're no longer the slaves to sin. Because we're giving Jesus control. Sin no longer demonstrates our control or controls our lives as we strive to be holy even as He is holy. Amen. So, take some work, right? Take some work. We, we strive to be holy right. even as, as He's holy. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. As the Lord works in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. Philippians 2.13, right? As he wills to do his good pleasure. Amen. That means that we give over control. Right. So we say, here I am, Lord, send me. Yeah. Like Sister Sharon She can, she can go over there in, in 15 below. I, I'll stay right here. I won't complain about the rain. But, you know, but she has a heart that says, Lord, send me. I'll go. Right. Now that we discovered the real meaning of baptism, let us look at its importance. Let's look, look at its importance. It's essential to understand that baptism does not guarantee anyone a trip to heaven. It doesn't guarantee you a trip to heaven no more that my new pair of shoes can guarantee me that I'll never have to buy another pair. Right? Doesn't guarantee you a trip to heaven. Salvation comes only through the death and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And there's nothing we can do to earn it. Unless true conversion comes first, that baptism is just a meaningless ceremony. There has to be a conversion in your life. And I'm going to pick on Kai again because there was a conversion in this brother's life. It's evident. There. Okay, I'm going to stop picking on you, Kai. There was a conversion in his life. But, but, but aside from that, when we say life, we're not talking about this physical body. We're not talking about he went down to the, you know, somewhere and just bought a new suit and yeah, look at me, I'm converted. But I'm talking about your heart. He gave his heart to God. He said, God, I'm tired of the way my life is going. God, I'm tired of, of living this way. I'm, ti- I'm tired. Amen. And God took it. He took his heart. He took a stony heart and he, he 
He put them on a potter's wheel and God molded them. And he's still in the process. He'll tell you, he's still in the process. But there was a conversion in his life. There was a conversion. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Bless your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. So, the third thing, Acts 2.38. My favorite part. The promise. The promise. We all like promises, don't we? We all, we all like to be promised something. That's why we give engagement rings, right? We give engagement rings because it's a promise. We like, we like promises. And the Holy Spirit says in Acts, excuse me, the word says in Acts 1.18, But ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria. But he didn't stop there. And to the end of the earth. Now as I already said, we we have two requirements. There's there's two requirements to, uh, to, to receiving this gift, right? There's, there's two requirements. There's, there's repentance and there's baptism. So repentance is just another way of saying that we need to confess our sins. We need to confess our sins to God and then turn away from them as he strengthens and helps us. We have the example of Christ when it comes to baptism. Matthew 3.16 describes how the Holy Spirit of God descended upon him after his baptism in the Jordan River. Then, of course, Jesus said in John 3.15, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, He cannot enter the kingdom of God. These ain't my words. This is is in your Bible. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. The next requirement is that we find in the Bible is given to us in John 14, 15 through 18. If you love me, keep my commandments keep my commandments I will pray that the father and he shall give you another comforter now I'm not talking about your 200 thread count comforter at the house I'm talking about I'm talking about a comforter for your spirit, a comforter for your soul, a comforter for your life, a comforter, comforter for your circumstances, a comforter for. Yes. Now, if you oversave, 
Jesus might be your comforter. But, you know. Look up, John. That was a plug. <laughs> so. But Jesus is our spiritual comforter, right? He's our spiritual comforter. When you don't have anyone else to talk to, you got Jesus to comfort you. When the world seems to be slapping you around, you got Jesus to comfort you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. But he will send you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him. But ye know him for he dwelleth here comes within you. Right? He dwelleth within you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Another major requirement is that we need to depend fully upon God. Zechariah 4, 6 says this, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. If we're seeking the Holy Spirit, we need to definitely be asking, as Jesus says in Luke 11, 9, and 10. And I say unto you, ask! And it shall be given to you. Seek! And ye shall find. Knock! And the door will be open. I used to annoy my kids sometimes because I used to give that scripture to them. Looking for something in the refrigerator. And I said, ask. And then she'll be given, seek. You need to seek a little more, you know. Move some stuff around. and you need to seek for God sometime, right? He's just not going to be there available at your beck and call. He wants to know you're serious. Sometimes you got to Get on your knees and you, you have to seek God. God is more than a 10 minute prayer. And we don't like this part, but sometimes, and the word says, this one comes out not but by fasting. Oh, Lord, God forbid we go without food. For, forget food. God forbid we go without sweets. Forgive sweet God forbid we go without coffee. Man. <laughs> Gone too far, Sister Jennifer said. <laughs> God, right, right, right. <laughs> Fasting. 
and praying. We wonder why some things aren't changing in our life. Well, well, I, I, I followed those, those two commands and a, a promise. Well, well, what? well, what are you doing? What, what, what are you doing? Are you fasting? Are you praying? Are you seeking? Are you knocking? Are you waiting? So when you've done all those things, are you waiting? Are you waiting? God has tremendous blessings for us. But it doesn't come in our time. It comes in his time. And his time isn't our time. You know, he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. That old song, he's an old time guy. Yes, he is. Right? He's an old time guy. The Bible says the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. You've been praying for somebody. You've been praying for your kids. You've been praying for your husband. You've been praying for your family. Nothing happens. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. That woman sitting right there is an answer to my prayer. I prayed for my mother. I prayed, Lord God, send her to me. And on Thanksgiving Day of 2013, my mother got baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And I still didn't stop praying. Because I said, Lord, send her to me. I said, send her to me, Lord. And I called her on the phone. I said, Mother, when you're coming to Oregon. Well, I don't know. Your, your, your brother, Mom, Ernest is 21. Can you leave that boy alone? Yeah. He's 21. He ain't caring about He ain't standing about you. Yeah, come on. And she's like, but, but I don't know. I don't have a plan. Lord, God will take care of all that. And she stepped out on faith. God provided her a place. God provided her a family. And I'm proud that my mom is sitting in that pew today. But I never stopped. Praying. My brothers and sisters never stopped praying. Yes. Amen. I would tell Pastor, I'm still praying for you. He's like, I'm with you, brother. I'm, I'm praying too. Amen. My mom's a prayer warrior. Yes, she is. She's one of those criers. 
<laughs> She's a crier, and I'm not talking about one of those people that ring the bells. <laughs> but I thank God for my mother. God sent her to me. It was an answer to prayer, but I had to wait. I don't know why I had to wait, but I had to wait. Because God had to do something in her heart. God had to give her peace. But he answered my prayer. So don't you dare give up on your kids. Don't you dare give up on your family. Don't you dare give up on your friends. Keep praying. Keep praying. Sister Christy, if you can come on. Or Sister Anna, whichever. <laughs> I can never get the, the switch off. But <laughs> God wants to do something so incredible in your life. He wants to do something so incredible in your life. He's calling you. He's saying, my daughter, come to me. My son, come to me. I just want to love you. I don't want to condemn you. I just want to love you. Hallelujah. I just want to love you. So, we're just going to spend some time just reflecting on the word today.